Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday q and I'm Eric Griffin, president of ITM Trading. With me, I have Lynette Zhang, our chief market analyst. For those of you who don't know or are tuning in for the first time, we take your questions that you submit to us via email to questions at itmtrading.com. We take them, we put them on the screen here in front of us. We ask them live so you get a real, true, spontaneous, organic response. Yep. I've been saying that same thing for like seven years. No, six years. Six years, that's a long time. Yeah, maybe you want to change it. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Johnny V asks. Yes, what does Johnny V ask? Okay, Johnny V asks, if I took my cash out of the bank and uploaded it on a prepaid credit card, would that help me from losing my money bank notes? No, because really what, how you're losing your money is via purchasing power. So that's not going to be any different if you leave it in the bank or, you, or frankly, if you take it out of the bank or if you put it in a prepaid credit card, that doesn't lock in purchasing power. And that's, that's the problem. We're at the end of the currency's life cycle and therefore the end of the currency's purchasing power. I thought the, the way that I read this was different than you. I read okay. it like, would that save me from balance? Like I'm pulling it out of the oh. bank and I'm putting it into a prepaid credit well, card. Would that, right, but I just, that's where my mind, your mind went purchasing power, mine went balance. Yeah. What would you say to the bail-ins? So if it was the bail-ins, if it's a prepaid credit card, that's a good question. Would it be subject to the bail-ins if it was on a prepaid credit card? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. To either. tell you the truth. I don't know. I bet you there's would... no I bet you there's nothing on that either. Like no precedence. I no, there is no pre no. There is no precedence when I think about all the different places, you know, Greece, Italy, um, Cyprus. Uh, I have not read anything about prepaid Well, and certainly if credit it was cards. an avenue that you could use, they wouldn't tell it, you about it. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. They're going to tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Edgar, if you make a little note, I can see what I can find in Dodd-Frank and in the balance. But, I mean, I've looked at that a lot, and I've never seen anything that said anything about a prepaid credit card. But then it wouldn't really be in the bank. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know. All right. I don't know. I can see if I can find out more, but you know how many times I've researched that and I've never seen anything about a prepaid credit card. There you go. Not often I get stumped. Well, I mean, if, but if you had cash, if you took it out of, in cash, it's the same thing. Like if it's not in the right. bank, if it's, it's not, not in the, in bank, the bank, bank, it's not, it's not going to be in the balance. I would think putting it on a prepaid credit well, card would be do, similar to having it in cash. Not as good as having it in cash, but it would although, seem like. Although if they put it in a CD, that is subject to bail-in. Okay. Or well, bank that, bonds right. are subject to bail-in. That makes sense, though, because those are bank products, those right? Are, right. Well, so, so is the prepaid credit card. Well, but not if you put it on a prepaid credit card that wasn't, well, but are all prepaid credit cards considered banks? That's a good question. I don't know, because I was thinking, oh, you could put it on like an independent type credit card situation, but I'm not sure if those, if credit cards are classified with like you have to have be a bank to have the credit cards. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It seems well, like cash. Well, I would say no. I would say I, what yeah. you're thinking about here. I would just say take it out in cash and have the bank notes in your hand. Right. Yeah, because whatever you leave in there is subject to bail in. <clears throat> right. 
All right, so James E. asks, back to that question. Because, we're, because I think it's such a vague area, right? We don't know for sure. I don't know the answer, but we do know if cash is outside of the system, if it's not in the bank, they can't bail it in. So right. I, I would have it in gold or silver, or I would have it in cash. So would right. you agree? Oh, yeah, okay. I would. I don't right. want it in the system at all. Yeah. Because the whole system, you know, imagine what, by the at the point where they do the bail-ins, the whole system is already crashing anyway. Mm -hmm. So your ability to use credit cards could be in jeopardy, <clears throat> but credit cards are a bank product. So prepaid means that you've moved, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen anything yeah, in the bail-in laws about credit cards. Silver. Yeah, outside, completely outside of the system. All right, so James E. asks, what type of paperwork slash contract forms are required to pay off or purchase a home, car, etc., with gold and or silver? Well, it probably depends because if you're buying it from like a, a dealer that's in the system, well, then you are going to have to come at this juncture anyway, or and probably into the future because they're going to force you to use the current currency. So you would convert your gold or and or silver, but I mean, that's a larger <coughs> purchase, so probably more toward the gold side, into the current fiat money and buy it that way. So um, whatever you would be required, whatever paperwork or contracts would be required to buy a car, because even when I bought my car with cash, they still had to sign a whole bunch of stuff, you know, right. and I didn't take <clears throat> on a loan. I'm thinking, what, what about thinking? what about the gold clause? Like, but the, well, the tough part is you could put a two-way gold clause into a contract, it, which then would allow you to be able to pay it, but I don't think there's any dealer or correct. mortgage company that is ever going to allow you to put a gold Eight. clause into it. The it, You know, it's kind of like take the terms, here they are, take it or leave it. So yeah. I don't think you're going to get that. No, you're, you're not. Not in a standard contract. Now, if you're doing it from an individual, that's a different, that's a completely different thing. And I think that if you're buying it from an individual, and you would, you're a car guy, so you would know this way better than me. Mm -hmm. But if you're buying and paying for a car outside of the dealership, are there any extra forms besides the title? You mean if you're just buying it from a private party? Correct. No, typically it's just a bill of sale. Okay. But then you also, you do have to pay the person in full at that time. Correct. Whether you use a bank or you pay in cash. So, or you pay you in could, gold. Right, you could right? barter. You could barter Correct. that. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm thinking this person specifically is saying in the future, if I want to walk in and pay off my home or my car with, a, with gold or silver, can I do that? If not... What do I need to do in order to be able to do that? And the answer is, I don't think there's anything that you can do to do that. You just have to do what Lynette says, which is take your gold and silver, convert it to whatever the currency is at that time, you know, dollars, and then pay the pay it off with dollars. CBDCs or what, whatever the current <coughs> form of barter is, unless, again, if you're buying it from an individual at that point, People will understand how rapidly that's losing value, and most would prefer that you pay it with gold. But if it's anything that's inside of the system, like if you're paying off a mortgage, yeah, you'd convert it and then pay it off. All right, so Rick S. asks, I hear that gold maintains its purchasing power relative to fiat. 
Mm -hmm. The famous men's suit examples often used. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> I also hear that gold and silver prices are manipulated. Mm -hmm. It seems we are saying that gold is both correctly valued mm -mm. in the suit example and undervalued due to manipulation. What's your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on it, even in this manipulated market, it maintains its purchasing power as in the suit example. I mean, 6,000 years ago, a suit of armor was an ounce of gold. 1900, a suit of armor was one of these, a $20 gold piece, which is roughly an ounce of gold, or a $20 bill. Today, at 1800 plus, you can still buy a men's suit even with the manipulated price, mm -hmm. but what are you getting with that $20? So it is absolutely undervalued. It is not valued correctly. It's just maintaining purchasing power into the manipulation. Yeah, and I'm thinking about this, like as obviously as we ask this question here, and the one thing that we do know is that there's been a ton of money that's been printed by the government, right? And that the real true inflation, inflationary value of that money, we don't feel it here in the United States um, to the level that the, of the money that's been printed because a lot of that gets exported overseas and other countries suffer the inflation where we do not. And that's why there's this big concern. If, if the dollar, if we ever lost world reserve currency status, now all those dollars come back to the United States and you have way too many dollars chasing too few goods and then inflation really takes hold here, right? So in a sense, we've been able to export inflation. Mm -hmm. So that's really why we have this, it's kind of this quandary, right? Like the men's suit example still holds, but if inflation comes home to roost because we don't have the, um, uh, all that money comes home, now we're talking about what's the real fundamental value of gold and silver. That's when fundamental value of gold and silver now rises to where it should be, right? Where it's, which well, is 12,000. visible. Which is 12,000, more like 12,000 plus dollars an ounce, right? But you can bet, you can absolutely bet that if that happens, also the men's suit is going to go up in price because of massive amounts of inflation that's going to occur. So in a sense, we're living in this really interesting dichotomy right oh, yeah, now where are. inflation has not really come home to roost in the in commensurate in with the amount of dollars in, that we in, have pr printed. Right, and also <clears throat> in goods and services. I would also argue that a lot of the inflation has been held in those fiat money products. And even in real estate, which has been turned into true. A, a product, right? It's so stocks and bonds, exactly, because it soaked up the dollars and it made them rise relative, you know, in in terms of dollars. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I absolutely hundred percent agree with you, which is why we tick a lot of people off that we have been exporting, which is exactly what happened during the Vietnam War in the U.S. as well. We were exporting inflation and also you know, controlling our partners. So that's not a good combination to retain your status as right. the well, world reserve currency. And that's currency. why everybody's fighting to get rid of us as the world reserve currency, right? Yeah, positioning. So, mm -hmm. so in a sense, it's both. Yeah. Right? I, hope, I hope the explanation made sense. And if it didn't let Edgar know, you can put it in the, oh, these aren't live. Yeah, like so, oh, it is? Okay, so if, uh, Rick, if that's not, what you were asking, let Edgar know and he will let us know.
All right, so Michael C. asks, how will annuities and life insurance policies be affected when the overnight reset happens? They will be reset as well because that is that overnight revaluation. They lop off a whole bunch of zeros. Everything goes down based upon that for a minute. Gold typically holds up a little bit longer than in terms of that currency. That also happens, and then it typically rises much faster than all other assets because people are, are rushing to the safety, presuming they can get it. So that also kind of asked, answered right. Bob V's. Bob V's question. You just answered how <laughs> the gold prices change in the reset. They right. will rise. So, so there is a window of opportunity to take those inflated gains and then pay off that fixed rate debt, right? Mm -hmm. Or convert it into other underlying assets. But I would not be doing that until there is a component of gold in the new choice. Because all it is is about... You mean this... Hold on, though. You mean the the excess... Um, the excess liquidation of the gold and silver, though. Not the... Not what you would take off to... Not what you would take to pay off the debt. Oh. The fixed rate debt. Right. No, okay. that, that... Right. Uh, because the debt... The debt does somehow... It's usually indexed to inflation mm -hmm. so that the debt <laughs> rises at least near maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but near the, the real level of inflation. So that's indexed. But gold, when, during a reset, if you look at all the graphs, gold holds up there for a window of time before that, then the price to resets in terms of that currency. So inside of that window is when you convert some of the debt or uh, some of the gold to pay Got off it. that debt. Right. And right? then and then and you then, wait though. Well, and then uh, in terms of that currency, then you'll see gold rise faster than any other asset because they don't change things. Once they put a component of gold in the new currency, that's how you and I and everybody are going to know that they're at the final place. Not that they won't then start to abuse it again, but they'll do it. They'll do it sl more slowly in the beginning to regain your confidence. Okay, sorry for <clears throat> interrupting. No, there. that's I fine. No, that, because I, I wanted that clarity before we went further down the, the pipe on that one. Right. No, that's good. I like when you do that because I want to make sure that they understand what I'm trying to say. So we need these. We're having a lot of different perspectives today, and that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. That's a good thing. All right. So Jason H. asks, this is a live question. What happens to gold and silver once it goes, I'm assuming when, you meet, when you're saying once the dollar goes completely digital? Right. Because gold and silver... You know, the spot markets kind of already make it digital, and so it's easy to manipulate. But what we're, what we're seeing, and I've shown you this in a number of places, and I might do one again on it, but the physical markets uh, are going up, even as the digital markets, the spot markets, are continuing to be manipulated, simply because a rising gold price is an indication of a failing currency. So gold and silver, once we go into a digital currency, um, you know, it, it depends on which market you're looking at. If you're looking at the spot market, that's easy to manipulate. If you're looking at the physical market, that's your true supply and demand market. And that's broken out, even as spot has stayed within a range or moved down. The, this market has gone up. 
All right, so Glenda W. asks, I'm considering withdrawing cash from my Roth account and purchasing gold and silver. I'm 71 years old. What is your thoughts on this? I think it's a great idea. It is, I think you have to do what you're comfortable with, but understand that that is exactly the option that I personally took because then it is outside of the system. You have it in your possession. So you hold it, you own it. It does not run political risk. It protects you in adverse circumstances. So, I mean, that is the choice that I personally made. So I obviously then think it's a great idea to do it. Right, and you're not gonna have any penalties. You're not gonna pay any tax because it's a Roth and you're over 59 and a half. So if you certainly, if you don't have any gold and silver, it definitely makes sense to. But why would you keep any? I, you know, look, everybody again. Everybody's, everybody's got to do whatever they're comfortable doing, regardless of what anybody says. But I don't own any of that crap. Yep. Because I lived in that belly of the beast, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. So why would I? Now that's not always been true, and into the future, I don't imagine that's still gonna that's gonna be true. But at this moment in time, because of what is happening in the currency system. Why would you hold anything where they, this is wealth transfer. Why would you let them take your wealth knowing what they're doing? That's just the way I feel. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Hey, Edgar, will you put that back up? It looked like a customer was, or sorry, a um, YouTube viewer has a comment, says from Cheese the Mouse on question number one. This okay, one so had to do with the, some with the credit what card, happened, putting right. money in a prepaid credit card. He says, Good. and this says it's taken from the FDIC website. Great. Quote, if the bank fails, the card issuer as your agent will need to provide the FDIC a list, a list identifying each card holder and balance on each credit card at the time the bank fails. The contractual agreement among the financial institution the prepaid credit card issuer and the cardholders must indicate that the individual cardholders are the owners of the funds. Hmm. Except that they're just the beneficial owners. They are not classified as the legal registered owner. Well, this just confirms the, the link between the bank and the credit card. Absolutely. So that's good. So it sounds like it would get bailed in. Yeah. Well, at least if there's a high high risk to it, I would start, certainly yeah. stick with the cash or gold or silver outside the outside. system for sure. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you watch the recent interview, Coffee with Lynette, that I did with Clive Thompson on CBDCs and the end of fiat currency. He's a private Swiss banker. He is now retired. But, you know, he lived in that world. He had a lot of things to say, a lot. So it was great. And also, if you haven't taken uh, time yet to look, we have launched that new Spanish channel. And make sure to share because it's really a lot shorter. So I think that it's good whether you speak Spanish or you speak English because it's in both and it's translated anyway, that those videos are great to share with people that uh, that are not real believers, right? We're always getting people asking, how can I convince someone? And I think that those actually do a really good job of it because they're so short that you can catch their attention. They can sit for, for seven minutes 
10 minutes. And then maybe they are then enticed to go to the longer video. So check that out, see what you think. And also we love the feedback. Um, additionally, do not miss going to Beyond Gold and Silver. Every week I talk about, we have Mantra Mondays. So you know my mantra, food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter. And that happens every Monday. But additionally, there's a lot of good stuff on there about planting and about all the pieces of the mantra. Ha have we put anything up with Jason yet? Yep. Okay, so, and I have an incredible new chef. And he's been feeding me, so I've gotten a lot of comments on how good I look. Thank you very much. But I definitely do chalk a lot of that up to him. And you'll love him. He's fabulous. He shares lots of really good recipes, and you'll like that. How to like take that. stuff from the garden and turn it into food that is delicious and nutritious. Exactly, exactly. And if you haven't <clears> done so yet, Click that Calendly link below. Set up a time to meet with your gold and silver strategy specialist and set up your program that puts your best interest first. That is so critically important because who cares more about your best interest than you do? I mean, really. So you establish your goals and then you have a plan so that you can counter what we're already going through, which should be pretty obvious for everybody. And if you haven't done so yet, please make sure that you subscribe. Information and data and things are coming together very rapidly. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, do you remember me talking about an IMF report? I, I, I'm thinking it was 2015, but don't hold me to that. Where they were talking about how great the advancements were and the example that the IMF used the technological examples, they used a car, right? So if you miss a, a car payment, they can lock you out of the car, they can drive the car away, and they can do the same thing. They can lock you out of your house if you have a smart house. And guess what? Ford just applied for that patent. So understand that when the IMF establishes policy, they want distance between their policy and their plans and how it is introduced to you. Yeah. That's why we have that <clears throat> funny running joke going with this place that won't accept cash, mm -hmm. right? And that he, he always says, the place that will not be named because I won't go there because we vote with our purses. So if you are wallets, so, you know, I, I, look, it's unfolding and they know how to get you into the system and force it. Look what's happening in Nigeria. They, they had so few participants in their CBDC that they just demonetized their currency. And they're trying to force yeah, the force population adoption. into it. If you are not prepared, you don't have any choices, mm -hmm. right? That's not a good place to be. Mm -hmm. So if you like this, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. And most important too, share, share, share. Because we are not in a good place right now. It's not going to get better. It will but it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And I got to remind you, wealth shields are made of metal, not paper or promises. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.